everyone, Shirley here. Welcome to today's discussion about analyzing the competitive landscape for a federal opportunity and taking action on that analysis. Some companies that are not in the federal marketplace are under the false assumption that there's a level playing field. It's a competitive bidding situation and the best proposal wins. But those of us who have been in this marketplace for a while know that it's not that simple. It's a highly competitive, complex market, and gathering and analyzing data is crucial to winning. To help me get a grip on this important issue is my guest today, Randy Richter, chairman of Richter & Company. Welcome, Randy. Thank you, Shirley. It's great being here, and I'm really looking forward to sharing information with your audience. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it as well. Please tell our audience a little about yourself and your company. After years working for others in the financial, telecom, and GovCon industries, I took the plunge and started my own company in 2006. My goal was pretty modest. I wanted to bring in enough business to keep my family from eating dog food more than once a week. <laughs> I'm pleased, and my wife is relieved that Richter & Company has grown to become the recognized leader in the field of competitive intelligence and price to win in the GovCon space. Since 2006, our team has helped clients win over $30 billion in new business, and that number keeps growing. We support big systems integrators and small businesses alike by providing them with actionable intelligence, news they can use to both win deals and perform profitably. It's a great business and intellectually very, very challenging. I know that it is, Randy. Government contracting is not for sissies. Now, what you and I do complements one another nicely. I help companies position themselves strategically in the government marketplace and transform their organizations so they can grow and prosper. And you help them grow and prosper by focusing on competitive intelligence and price to win for specific opportunities. And we are both very data-driven. So Randy, I have heard small businesses say, I don't look at the competition. I just put my best foot forward and let the chips fall where they may, which, of course, is not <laughs> the right philosophy. So let's begin by discussing why competitive analyses are important, specifically in the federal marketplace. So we believe there are two kinds of companies in today's hyper-competitive market. Losers sell what they have. Winners sell what the customer wants to buy. The key thing that distinguishes these companies is their understanding of what customers value and competitors offer. Winners use this knowledge to create discriminating solutions that make their customers say, whoa, that's just what I want. Losers just drop their price. Competitive analysis provides the information you and your execs need to make informed decisions. It saves you time and money by identifying the programs you can win and run away from the ones you can't. And that is so important because proposals are very expensive. Now, let's talk about how small businesses with limited resources can go about gathering the right information. So big companies often have entire departments dedicated to gathering and analyzing their competitors. Small companies usually rely on FRED, 
the already overworked business developer that just seems to know more about the competition than you do. How do you become more like Fred, at least the non-overworked part? First, you need to create a knowledge base, a corporate CRM, an Excel spreadsheet, a shoebox, whatever, that you can use for storing information as soon as you find it. Think of it as your own personal freezer, a place where you can stash individual snowflakes of information as they fall out of the sky. Then identify the customers you plan to chase over the next 12 to 18 months and the key competitors that are likely playing in the same space. For each customer, look up key information anytime you have a few spare minutes. Key in this case means what information do my execs need to make informed decisions about winning a deal from them? We use a framework we refer to as the 20 questions in our own research. We try to answer questions like these. Who are their execs, their contract folks, their experts? Who are their decision makers and influencers? What contracts have they awarded and how have their awardees performed? Beyond requirements, what do they value and care about? And how do they make buying decisions? Analyze patterns, behaviors, and trends that will help you meet their definition of value and therefore better pick you. Then for each competitor, look up key information, again, whenever you have a few spare minutes. Key in this case means what information do my execs need to make informed decisions about beating them? Who are their execs, their BD folks, their experts? What contracts have they won and how have they performed? What strategies and tactics did they use to win them? What are their capabilities, not just technical, but staffing, financing, and management? Take this information and use it to analyze and find patterns, behaviors, and trends that will help you beat them in the context of each customer's needs, desires, and values. And research continuously. Don't wait until the RFP drops. Put every snowflake in your knowledge base. And when the time comes to develop your solution, pull that pre-positioned information from the freezer and use it to shape the right snowball that will help you hit the customer's target. This is the competitive analysis process in a nutshell. Keys to success, start early, gather continuously, and make decisions ruthlessly. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. But where can this information on privately held companies be found? The good news, there are tons of resources depending on the kind of information you're looking for. Financial data can be found using databases like Bloomberg, Yahoo Finance, Hoover's, and Dun & Bradstreet. Contracting and award information is available directly from the government using the System for Award Management, also known as SAMP or indirectly through tools like Capture2Proposal, GovTribe, or GovWin. You can use sources like LinkedIn and Glassdoor to help staffing-related questions. And don't forget the zillions of databases and documents produced by government agencies every year. All of these sources are based on publicly available data, so they are considered open sources. Open source data can be legally and ethically used in your analyses. 
But stay away from proprietary data, the crown jewels your competitors are supposed to protect. Gathering or using proprietary data can put you in legal jeopardy, so no reputable competitive analysts use it. Absolutely. If someone offers you confidential information, either about a company or a government opportunity, it was obtained illegally. So I just want to reinforce that, Randy, what you just said. So we have all this competitive data now, but doesn't it still just come down to the lowest price? Oh, how I hate (laughs) hearing companies say, we lost on price. The reality is they lost because they failed to prove the benefit of their solution to the customer. Now let's break down that sentence. To develop a winnable solution, you need to know the details of and the relationships between what the customer needs, desires, and values. Once you know that, you can build an offer that meets their needs rather than simply offering what you have. They make the buying decision, so what they value is far more important than what you want to offer. And this is one of the hardest lessons companies learn, especially technology-driven companies, It's not what you want to sell that matters. It's what the customer wants to buy that does. Yes, and you also need to know what competitors are likely to offer and determine how you'll position your solution against it. For example, if you believe the customer will just love a competitor's tech, then you may think about offering a slightly simpler tech at a significantly lower but still profitable price Or maybe you could team with another company whose tech is stronger than yours. I agree, Randy. After all, the government is comparing vendors' proposals side by side. But I want to explore this a little. This is more complex than what meets the eye. How do you know that the customer loves your competitor's technology? So one of the simple philosophies I drilled into my kids when they were young was this. Don't ask, don't get. In this case, ask your customer directly. Remember, by the way, that you rarely have just one customer. You generally have the customer who defines requirements, the customer who funds the purchase, the customer that runs the acquisition, the customer who makes the buying decision, the customer that uses the solution. You get the picture. These all tend to be busy people who may have little interest in answering vague questions. So plan your work. Develop a call plan, create simple-to-ask, simple-to-answer questions, define who will ask them and when, then follow through. And, oh, by the way, if you're the incumbent, don't fall into the trap of believing that the customer loves you. Sad to say, they usually don't. (laughs) Most government agencies treat contractors as interchangeable cogs, which is why the incumbent win rate on recompeted contracts is pretty close to 50%. The key to winning in today's environment is to understand what the customer needs, wants, and values, then offering it. I encourage my clients to offer something better than the competition, not just rebadging someone else's employees. And I encourage them to emphasize the value to the customer of that uniqueness. If you can quantify the impact, like lower cost per unit, 
or better yet, link what you do to help them achieve their mission, that's even better. Don't you agree? Yes. Once you have a solution, you need to quantify the benefits it provides to the customer. These may be tangible, for example, low cost, super performance, or intangible, for example, making them the thought leader in their peer space. Put a number on each. We will save you $20,000 or increases your productivity by 20% from the customer's point of view. And if there are no benefits, your solution can only compete on price, which is a fool's way of bidding, in my humble opinion. And I'm assuming that you are comparing the costs, benefits, and features of your solution to that of your competitors, right? Absolutely. The right way to do this is to use the evaluation process defined by your customer. In larger federal acquisitions, this will be defined in Section M of the RFP, the government's request for proposal. In commercial acquisitions, look at your customer's submittal instructions. In either case, if the instructions aren't clear, ask a question. Using the customer's model forces you to think like the customer and see how they're likely to assess each of your competitors. Do this independently from your business developers and proposal team. Your job is to provide an honest assessment, not reinforce their normal, we're number one biases. Speak the truth. Sometimes the baby really is ugly. (laughs) Oh, and, and a related point, your job is to look at your competitor's solutions, not yours. Think of an archery range. You're the person putting the target into position, letting the archer see what he or she needs to hit. But it's their job to figure windage, knock the arrow, draw the bow, aim, and let fly. You have no control over what the archer's arrow hits. So in the business world, once you've provided your accurate, unbiased assessment of what your customers will think of your competitors' solutions, stand aside and let your solution developers and execs take aim. And after stating your comparative cost and benefits, then what? You then need to demonstrate how your customer can be assured that they will receive these benefits. Provide a detailed project plan supervised by a highly qualified project manager. Use past performance to prove experience, including lessons learned from challenges overcome. Identify risk factors and discuss honestly how you'll mitigate them. Don't say, we understand and shall comply. Convince them how you will make them great. I agree. The government wants to be assured that you truly understand the risk. This sometimes distinguishes experienced contractors from inexperienced ones. But Randy, suppose you go through this exercise and you determine that you really can't offer a differentiating solution. It's actually pretty simple. Walk away and save your money for another more winnable opportunity. That is good advice. Randy, we need to take a break. I'm talking to Randy Richter, chairman of Richter & Company, about why and how to use competitive information. When we come back, we'll talk about price to win. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
This Growth Masters Federal presentation is hosted by Shirley Collier, President and Founder of Scale to Market. Scale to Market helps businesses think, plan, collaborate, and build market value by developing and executing customized data-driven business development playbooks, building efficient information systems, and creating high-performing BD teams. Utilizing the proprietary Davy Business Development Growth Framework, Scale to Market partners with business owners and executives to increase their company's value by achieving profitable and sustainable growth in the federal marketplace. Email Shirley at scollier at scaletomarket.com to learn more about the Davy Growth Framework and how it can be instrumental in helping grow your federal contracting business. Back now to Shirley's conversation with Randy Richter, Chairman of Richter & Company, as they discuss the secrets to leveraging competitive intelligence. Welcome back. Before the break, we were discussing comparing your products and services to those of the competition. I want to turn our attention now to the all-important price to win. Can you explain what we mean by price to win, Randy? Price to win is both a verb and a noun. As a verb, it's the process for identifying the position representing the trade-off between evaluated capability and evaluated price that can be used to determine how to effectively and profitably beat your competitors. As a noun, it's the result of that process, which your solution developers and execs can use to make informed pursuit decisions. Price to Win uses competitive analysis to project the likely solutions competitors will offer based on their understanding of customer needs and values. When performed early, Price to Win results can help you identify opportunities that are not winnable, saving scarce bid and proposal dollars for the programs you can win. This is the reason why Lockheed Martin pioneered its use in the 1980s. And by the way, I want to stress that price to win is not just a number. It really reflects a position. The intersection of evaluated capability and evaluated price that give you the highest win probability. In our work, we use a chart we call the winning price window to illustrate this relationship. But if you want to focus on a number, I can save you time and money by giving you the answer right now. It's 42 the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> That's funny. I, I tend to use the number 49 for, for whatever reason. 49-step <laughs> plan, 49 people, 49 points. <laughs> so we all have a go-to number. Okay. It's, it's from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a wonderful book. Oh, is that right? <laughs> so back to Price to Win. Exactly how do companies conduct a price-to-win exercise? So there are two basic price-to-win approaches. First, top-down analysis uses historical data to identify customer and competitor buying tendencies. We call this price-to-compete. Price-to-compete analyses should be performed as soon as an opportunity is identified because they help you determine whether you can develop a winnable solution that meets your own business goals and objectives. And once you've made that decision, your solution architects can start work 
rather than the last-minute rush way too many companies typically use. Now, on the other side of the coin, bottom-up analysis is what most people think of as price to win. It relies on the results of your competitive analysis and is performed as soon as requirements and evaluation processes are published, typically as part of a draft RFP. It's then updated throughout final award to reflect any changes in customer requirements, the contracting environment, and competitor solutions. Effective price-to-win results fine-tune price-to-compete results, giving your team the ability to tweak already defined solutions rather than starting from scratch at the last minute. So where do companies go to find the data to put into these models? Uh, The starting point should always be your competitive assessment. All of the careful research you put into that should focus on the solutions your competitors are capable of offering, the strategies and tactics they'll use to develop and present their offer, and the personality they'll bring to the party. Personality is an important consideration. Are they generally aggressive? Are they risk-averse, or do they willingly accept risk? Do they have favored approaches that they've used over and over in the past? The competitive analysis asks these questions in order to identify each competitor's big S solution, the combination of technical capability, management approach, past performance, and bid price that represents the totality of their offer. Researching competitors should be an ongoing, iterative process. So keep looking for loose threads, and when you find them, pull them and see where they lead. So what are the benefits of conducting these analyses? Effective price-to-win processes save your company money, help you assure that the opportunities you pursue meet your business goals and objectives, and most importantly, they help your team get all the beauty sleep they can get. (laughs) And, oh, we all need more beauty sleep, that's for sure. (laughs) I want to revisit a topic that we discussed earlier, and that is developing your technology or solution offering. How can companies use price-to-win results to perform that activity? Competitive analysis and price-to-win results give you the information you need to craft a differentiating and discriminating solution. And what do you mean by those terms? A differentiating solution is one that's simply different from what competitors offer. If I'm trying to sell a widget and I believe my competitors are going to leave them unpainted, I may propose to paint mine blue to make them stand out and then talk about why blue paint is better than no paint. Prove the benefit of your solution, remember? A discriminating solution is a differentiated solution that offers benefits that the customer cares about. That context is significant. If my customer cares about corrosion protection, my blue painted widget offers a quantifiable benefit in terms of lifetime cost savings. But be careful, a discriminator can also be negative. If the customer really doesn't care about paint or hates the color blue, my discriminator can end up killing me. Winning solutions are based on what the customer wants to buy in relationship to what competitors are likely to offer, just as we discussed earlier. 
Competitive analysis and price-to-win results help you craft your solution early in the opportunity lifecycle. They help you identify programs that you should not pursue, and once you've made that decision, avoid race-to-the-bottom price wars. I'm so glad you mentioned that competitive analyses and price-to-win exercises are performed early in the opportunity lifecycle. I provide my clients with a customized decision matrix that includes these factors, and I purposefully don't call it a bid-no-bid tool. If you wait until the RFP drops to evaluate these factors, you are way behind the competitors. Don't you agree? Yep. One of the early adopters of price to win in the GovCon space did a study in the 1980s to look at why certain capture teams were more successful than others. What they found was that these teams worked hard to shape each opportunity starting as soon as the opportunity was qualified. And if they couldn't shape it in their favor, they stopped what they now saw as an unwinnable pursuit and focused their time, attention, and bid and proposal dollars on deals that they could win. Price-to-win analysis should always be viewed as a proactive tool that helps you make smart business decisions early, not a reactive tool that reinforces what your leaders already believe. I agree. So, Randy, the last topic of discussion is... How can small business owners convince their executive team of the value of competitive analysis and price to win? Show them the results. There are reasons why all the large players in the GovCon space have dedicated teams doing this work and why many other mid-tier players and an increasing number of smaller players have followed the leaders. They use the results to help them better identify unwinnable opportunities saving their scarce BNP dollars for opportunities that better meet their business goals and objectives. They use the results to shape opportunities with their customers, potentially decreasing competition and increasing profitability. They use results to craft better solutions and avoid price wars. They use the results to reduce the stress on their overworked business developers. They help their company win and prosper in today's hyper-competitive market. I agree. So, Randy, do you have any final thoughts you would like to share with our audience? Effective competitive analysis and price-to-win efforts are time-consuming and resource-intensive. Putting it even more bluntly, they ain't cheap, whether done by internal resources or external consultants like us. But to the companies that use the results to win, the benefits far outweigh the cost. Competitive analysis and price to win go together like peanut butter and jelly. And hey, who can resist a good PB and J? <laughs> I know I can't. <laughs> Randy, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge with us today. Thanks, Shirley. It's been great. And if anybody ever has any questions, feel free to give me a call. So, folks, if you would like to get in touch with Randy, he can be reached at randy at richterandcompany.com, and Richter is spelled R-I-C-H-T-E-R, or you can reach out to us here at Skelta Market, and we'll make sure you're connected. This is Shirley Collier, president of Skelta Market and host of the Growth Masters Federal Podcast, signing off for now.
As we close, I want to thank you for joining us today and encourage you to connect with me on LinkedIn and visit our website, that's scaletomarket.com with the number two in the middle, where you will find our library of podcasts, webcasts, white papers, my blog, and other links and resources. While there, please leave us a comment or suggestion so we can stay focused on what's important to you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.